Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gabby Roslin Podcast. Hello, and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. In this episode, I laughed so much that my eyes and nose were streaming. Honestly, I could not stop laughing. Just like Rob Brydon said, this man is the quickest. He is the funniest. He is, of course, Lee Mack. We chat about the success of not going out and Would I Lie to You, which he's done now for so many years that he actually can't remember what are the truths and what are the lies. We talk about how he wanted to be a golfer, having never actually played golf, working in a stable and getting to ride red rum, living with the mighty Boosh, Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett, working with Catherine Tate and the hysterical time he appeared on the TV show Pointless. Plus, there is, let's put it this way, a story about him pooing himself, which will make you howl with laughter. I hope you enjoy it. I am so grateful that this episode is sponsored by one of my favorite companies, Simprove. Now, it's a food supplement containing live and active bacteria, which has done absolute wonders for both mine and my family's health. More information can be found at simprove.com with the discount code GABY15 for 15% off the 12-week program. I'll tell you more about it later. My favourite man, you make me laugh like nobody ever has or probably will do again. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I have to say, we have to start right away with Rob Brydon. He said that you are the quickest, funniest man ever. And he said, please don't tell him that because he'll just he'll go on and on at me about it. And that <laughs> your wife, Tara, laughs at all of your jokes every single time when he's round. And he said, that's fantastic. Rob has commented on that before and he's he's 90% positive, but there's a 10% about it, which makes me think he's saying it, that I somehow have an electric shock system rigged up to her that if she doesn't <laughs> laugh, she ends up being tied <laughs> to a radiator and, and punished. Uh, but it, it, she genuinely is laughing. But she's very laughy anyway. She's a very laughy person. She laughs at um, she laughs at everything. So it's I'd like to my ego would like to pretend it's me. But she laughs. You know, we were in a, a play once that was a very sad moment, and at the big sad moment at the end, she burst out laughing when everyone else was crying because she thought it was ridiculous. I'm a bit like that. I'm like that. I laugh at the worst situations when you're suppo- absolutely not supposed to. Do you always? I mean, because you are. I, and I've, I, 
one of my favourite things I've ever done in my 33 years was go on, Would I Lie to You? I don't think I've ever laughed as hard. Oh, that was great when you came on. What I love doing is watching back old episodes, because I can't remember, you see, so you, you'll say a truth or a lie that I have no... I mean, we've been doing it so long now, sometimes I'll watch myself read out a lie or a truth, and I can't remember if it's true or a lie. That's how bad my memory is. <laughs> I can't remember if I did something in real life. But yeah, what did you, what did you, can you remember what you did, what you said? Oh, yes, it was about manholes. Oh, yeah, didn't your mum fall down one? No, no, it wasn't. A friend of mine fell down a manhole, and Jack D kept going on about, can we just, let's just call it Gabby's manhole, and then... Oh, my gosh, I remember that. And we were all wondering whether that would make the edit. Uh, it did, sadly. I, I, and I don't think I have ever <laughs> laughed as much in my life. How do you do what you do? And that's, I know that sounds a completely deep and ridiculous question. But So you started stand-up and you were doing bingo halls and all the things that you did before. Were you always looking for the joke? Were you always that fast? And I know probably you can't answer that, so I'm asking you anyway. Well, I, yeah, it is a difficult question to answer, but I suppose I was... Um, I, I can't remember much else than wanting to be a comedian. I just vaguely remember at 13 wanting to be a golfer and going to see the careers advisor and saying I wanted to be a golfer. And she said, what's your handicap? And I said, oh, I don't know. I'm not a member of a club. And she said, well, at your age, 13, you probably have to be playing regularly to be a... I just thought I'd seen it on the telly and it looked like fun. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'd even played at that point. And because I'm a bit sort of, you know, obnoxious, I went back the following year. And she remembered me and she went, so how's the golf going? I said, I've changed my mind. I don't want to be a golfer now. She says, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a caddy, professional caddy. Because I thought <laughs> that was still sort of proving my point. You know what I mean? That I could make it in golf. I didn't want to be a caddy. I just didn't want her being right. And I also wanted to be an astronaut at one point because I, I was looking at the moon um, <laughs> a lot through a telescope. My mum and my dad were always like, you know, joking around. And there's not a photograph of my... Mum, she hasn't got the cigarette up her nose or her false teeth are deliberately falling out for the photograph. <laughs> it's just the sort of way we sort of communicated. So I don't really know any different. And, you know, I sometimes get frustrated because if we're, if we're driving around or something with mates or whatever or out in, out in a park or something and I'm just having a laugh, they go, oh, you're always on, aren't you? And I always go, well, I'm, I'm not. I don't, this is how I talk. This isn't like me going, I must perform. You know, I just... It's the way I speak, so I don't know. I don't know any different. So when you went on and did, because of all the things, that, all the jobs that you've done, which I was reading about, you were a stable boy and you were a, a bingo bingo caller and all of these things and you lived above a pub. To me, these are all, it's as if you'd written your own sitcom while it was happening. <laughs> I, do you know what? I know what you mean. I don't, I didn't, you know that thing when everyone goes, um, the childhood you have is always, you think everyone else is having the same childhood. Well, that's true of pretty much everything I did before I was a comedian. I just was in endless weird jobs, but I just <laughs> assumed everyone else was. Now looking back, that was quite odd, wasn't it? Like the first job was uh, working at the stables because uh, Red Rum is, was trained in my hometown. Yeah, and you rode Red Rum. Yeah, well, not only did I ride him, it was the first horse I rode. Oh, my God. So, again, that sounds quite sitcom-y now. But actually, at the time, I was just watching the telly, didn't know what to do with my life. I thought, I know, I'll be a jockey. But the decision sort of to be a jockey and then ringing up and asking for the job was about 60 seconds. I didn't... You're kidding you know, I never me. thought of it. Yeah, I just sort of watched it and went, I bet that'd be a laugh. I'm going to be a jockey. And then rang them up and said, I'd like to, like to become a jockey. And they said, well, 
you know, you can come down and muck out the horses, but you're not getting paid. You can do a bit of experience with us. So I did. I just did a month or two of just mucking out stables. And whilst I was there, they said, come on, then you can have a ride on a horse. And I sat on a horse and it was red rum. Now, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And it's only years later when I do interviews that it feels quite... Everyone brings it up like it's unusual. And I go, yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I suppose it is. Yeah, but when you were living in it, of course it wasn't unusual, but it's all... It's just... It's fodder. Excuse me, that wasn't meant as a pun. But it's the... It, it's created <laughs> this... I mean, I know that not going out is meant to be based on your real life. And I've heard you talk about that so many times. But yet your real life... It, there's, there's, you've got to do something with all of that. I mean, being a blue coat and being the stable boy and living above a pub—it's all that's all there for the taking. Yeah, I know. What you mean. Well, I have thought about. I've often thought it would be nice to sort of try and turn that into a, a, a to a sort of drama stroke comedy and have someone playing me as a kid. But it, it's weird because you don't. It, as I say, it's only when you look back. So at the time, it, it doesn't feel. Um, Sort of fertile for for material or a show because that's not what you're thinking at the time, are you? You're no, just going... but now you. But looking back, now you're looking back. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could play my mum. Can I? Yeah. Can you do a northern accent? Yes. Have you got false teeth? No, but I can get oh. some. Would you have them removed? Would you have your teeth removed? How much do you want this part? <laughs> um. Uh, well, they can CGI it. Yeah, it's not the same. I'm method. Did your mum really have no real teeth? She had her teeth removed because they they looked a bit bucked. Back in the day, you just she was only about fourteen or fifteen. And she went, "My teeth are sticking out. Can I have all my teeth removed?" And I'm, I'm bad false teeth because they're straight. Honest to God, you're kidding me. That was what it was. That's what that were the old days. I know someone um, who had her, um, her who knows someone else who had her little toe removed so that she can fit into high heels. She had her toe removed. How about that? Little toe removed to fit into high heels, not for any other reason than it was hurting her feet. And she managed to find a private doctor to remove a little toe. Now, I bet someone's going to listen to this and go, that can't be true. And it might turn out that I've been told about Oh, you see? He said, covering himself yeah, no, legally. But you, people must do that to you everywhere you go. Every story you ever say, whenever you go out anywhere, if you're in the pub, if you go to a party, if you're watching football, if you're playing darts, people must not believe you. Not because you're a liar, but because well, actually, of the no, that, you know what? In all honesty, in all honesty, that's not not the the issue. Do you know what the issue is? What the endless and I mean endless sentence. Oh, so you do go out then because oh, no. of not going out? Oh no! And and I have to. I've gone through different phases with that. The very first time I heard it, I was mildly amused and mildly pushing it. That was two thousand six. You that was prob- started. So probably the first day after it got transmitted. <laughs> Here we are now, 14 years later. I'm not exaggerating by saying I've probably been told that a thousand times and I still am managing just about to go, ah, yes. But what I did go through a phase where I got so sick of it that I decided to pretend to not get it. So they go, oh, so you do go out then? I go, what do you mean? They go, well, you, you go out then? I go, well, of course I go out, yeah. And they go, no, no, you know, not going out. I go, yeah, I am from not going out, yeah. They go, yeah, well, you so see, you do go out. I go, well, yeah, you go out. I'm not, I'm not just working all the time. And they'd look at me like I was an idiot. That show does, I mean, that it's wonderful. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And your, was, am I right? Your real son was in it at one stage, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. In fact, my, uh, yes, my real son has been in it and all my nieces and nephews um, have been in it. But my son was uh, in an episode that we did for a Christmas special about four or five years ago where we needed a ghost, a child ghost. Uh, the story being that, you know, we think there's a ghost. Turns out there isn't. And the twist at the end, there is. 
and and my little son played him. And he was. Did did you ask him or did he say, Daddy, 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 please can I be in your show? Oh no, no, they're very apathetic about showbiz and my career. I think I asked him, and he went, hmm, "What day is it on?" Uh, yeah, right. I'll do it. Yeah, what's the pay like? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Straight to that. And I think, and, and the thing is, I think he did get a payment. I think it was a hundred pounds or one hundred and twenty-five pounds, and it, for some legal reason, it was written to me. I thought, I think, and I never paid him. I'd completely forgot to pay him, and then. And he mentioned it about a year ago, and he keeps telling me I owe him 125 quid. And I said, I will knock 125 pounds off the uh, the rent, which you've never paid. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. How dare he not pay? He's not counting all the times, is he? When he goes, oh, my money boxes, I can't get to it. I'm out. Can you just give me three quid for buying it? Yeah, that's added up to 125 quid, isn't it? Oh, easily. 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 That's, yeah, parent's purse, always. Easily, easily. But not going out is... it Because when it came off air... You didn't think it was going to come back, did you? No. Well, we, we did um, three series and then it was taken off air. And the weird thing was, I genuinely, after the first one or the second one, would have would have not been surprised for it to be cancelled. It wasn't doing particularly great with the figures and I would walk out in the street and no one would acknowledge it. It's like no one was watching it. And then in the third series, it suddenly, we were at the aquarium one day and I didn't really get recognised hardly ever. And, and suddenly I was at the aquarium where there's loads of people and it was endless. It was, we didn't need broadcast about two episodes, but, you know, oh, so you do go out then. Oh, so you do go out then. Oh, so you do go out then. Very good, very good. And um, my son said, why do all these people recognise you? And I don't know why I said this, but I didn't want them, they didn't really acknowledge what I did for a living at that age. It was quite a few years ago, you know. So I made up a story that I was an expert on fish because we were at the aquarium and that they all, no, sorry, I looked like someone who was an expert at fish, and they were coming up to me because they thought I was that person. Oh. Because I thought if I tell them I'm on a comedy show, it will alter their state of mind. It's insanity, isn't it? <laughs> it's only when I say it out loud that I realise the insanity it is. of that. No, but actually it's very adorable. But now do they just keep asking you fish questions and you have to quickly Google them? Oh, no, they've now. They've, they've, that, 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 we're going back like 10 years ago, 10, 11 years. They've now sussed it out. I mean, uh, they're they too have. They've worked it out they've, for themselves. They, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If they still didn't know I was on the telly, my ego would be a bit battered. <laughs> That, that's not a fish joke, by the way. I'd just be, <laughs> I would be, I'd be like, I'd, I'd, they don't watch my stuff, but I at least want to know what I do for a living. That's the minimum. Does it upset you? Because I have to say that my kids have always been the same. They don't watch or listen to anything I do. And I'm fine about it. And I want them just to be completely normal. But occasionally I go, oh, did you hear? Or did you see sounds? I go, no. Do you know what? It, yeah, they don't, um, what they're obsessed with the sort of box set mentality. So like they sat down, well, the eldest one did, was allowed to watch Peep Show. He watched, I mean, it was a bit, a bit fruity for for his age, uh, but we let him watch them. But he watched them all back to back, one after the other. He did the same with the Mighty Boosh. He did the same with the Flight of the Concords. The Mighty Boosh. I want to talk about you and Noel Fielding because both of you say that you, it was like being, because how long did you live together for? Well, the, the thing, this this gets brought up with both of us quite a lot. The real truth, it, it always says we shared a flat for three three years. What we did was we shared a flat for three years at the Edinburgh Festival. So every year we'd go up and spend a month together at the Edinburgh Festival sharing a flat. So in total, we were only together for about three months. Three months, okay. But you know, I think people like to think of us living this fantastical sort of serial Terry and June life where he was obviously June, I was Terry. I mean, he says it was like Laurel and Hardy, not Terry and June. <laughs> but the reality is we were just at the Edinburgh Festival but it, and, and, and Julian as well. It was incredible to watch as well because what I found fascinating was I was doing a show at the time with Catherine Tate, a sketch show. 
And I realised you don't live with people you're doing a show with because it can cause too much. You're together too much then. So she got her own place and I was on with the, with the bush. But they did live together. They did not argue once. They got on all the time. There was no conflict whatsoever. Um, I would say me and Catherine were arguing every 15 minutes. And I was jealous of the fact that they seemed to get on. And me and Catherine were arguing. But I think it's because me and Catherine were so close as friends. It caused conflict, he said, protecting his friendship with Catherine. Yes. <laughs> Quickly <laughs> jump in there, protect quick, it all. Quick, just to say that she's still a very good friend. Oh, that's so lovely. Um, the other thing, the other thing that um, I don't know why, but this completely, I think, floored me. Okay, completely floored me about you being in the West End and taking too many. You were the the miser. You were oh, in the God. miser, and you ate too many non-sugar sweets. And that story makes me laugh. Please, will you, for people who haven't heard this it's, story, it's, it is like. The is worst possible dream. It is a hundred percent true, and it is. It makes me cringe just thinking about it. Basically, I was on a. I was trying to lose a bit of weight. I went on this sugar-free diet, and I've got a really sweet tooth. So I went to Holland Barrett, I think, and they have these massive bags of. These they have these massive bags of sweets, but they're, they're all sugar-free. So I thought, well, that's perfect, <laughs> right? And they had those, you know, those little things that are called eclairs. Not not the cake, the sort of little sweet. Like yes, toffee with toffees, a soft yeah. chocolatey bit in the middle. Yeah. I, I love them, right? So I, I had a couple, two or three, and I thought, oh, they're, they're a bit Moorish, right? This was a family-sized bag. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I ate a lot, absolutely <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> now, I'm on stage, and I'm, and I'm feeling a rumble, right? And I'm, in fact, I'm, 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 at the re, I'm at the rehearsal bit, I think. Well, you know, we had a little bit before the show warm-up and all that, and I'm getting the rumbles, right? And then... An almighty explosion, right? I am I am going to the toilet every like every 60 seconds. It's awful, right? Before going live on stage. Oh, this is before I go live, but it's still it's it's not stopping. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know the way a rabbit can seem to go every few minutes. It's like that. It's it's just constant. And I read the and I think it must be something to do with these sweets. Eh? I read the back and it said, do not eat more than two because they have a laxative effect. I had eaten about <laughs> 40 of these things, right? Oh, my God. Now, in any normal situation, that's bad enough if you go in on stage and you're on and off all night. But in this show, one of the jokes was I had to <laughs> turn around in the middle of a scene to show that they'd cut a hole at the back of my trousers to expose my burr bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I had to turn... <laughs> And it's like, you know, you dream about going to school with no trousers on. And I'm like, it's oh, my nightmare. God. It's it like every nightmare. nightmare. I know. And, I'm, and I said to the costume woman, I said, right, now listen, um, I will, I have to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm usually the kind of person, I'm very repressed. I would never tell anyone about this, but what choice have I got? Right? I said, <laughs> Just so you know, I'll be disappearing a lot tonight. I won't be my usual, because there's an area next to the stage, you get changed. I said, I'll just be going back to my dressing room a lot tonight. And I told her the story. And I said, and I'm terrified because I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold, I'm doing a scene and I can feel myself holding it in and then running to the toilet at the end of the scene. When I'm not in the next one. I said, but what if it happens in that massive long scene where I get, get my backside out to the front row? And it, I just, it's going to be awful. Like, what if I poo myself? And, and she said to me, she, she, she was very matter of fact. Right? She didn't care. She'd seen everything. She'd been in showbiz ages. She just went, Lee, don't worry about it. If it comes to it, I will put a tampon up there. 
And I said, <laughs> and I said, no. If it, co- I said, if it comes to it, I will put a tampon on her. <laughs> I want some dignity, right? And so, and also, would that work? I mean, it, <laughs> would it actually work that? It would come out like a missile, wouldn't it? Because it's not, <laughs> you know, what they're usually used for is to sort of absorb rather than to, to stop. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a plug. <laughs> you can't plug it in. It's not how it works at that end, does it? He's just, he's just going <laughs> to and hit someone in the eye or something. And they, it's going to be worse. And, and so I said, no, no, we're not doing that. And then so I just kept going back to the toilet constantly. And, and you know, and also you, you just, I'm not going to get too, too intimate details, but what you're worried about as well is you think, oh, I'm holding it in. But, you know, the explosions were so big. Let's just say I was also concerned about my personal appearance, shall we say. And, I, and there was no mirror. It's very hard to look at it if you're as inflexible as me. So, yeah, I mean, it was the most undignified, awful thing that has ever happened to me. You just made me snort, love. The, the happy ending is that I did, uh, well, I didn't poo on the front row. There's no other way of saying it. Now, as promised, I'd like to tell you more about our fantastic sponsor of this episode, Simprove. Now, I have been telling everyone about this company for years before we started working together. I promise that's absolutely true. It's a food supplement containing live and active bacteria to support gut health and a balanced microbiome. The reason that it's different from others that you might have tried is that it's unique. It's water-based, which means that it travels straight to your gut to thrive and multiply. Now, they're a family-run brand produced on a farm in the Surrey Hills. I've been there. They're all fabulous. And they're very proud of their heritage and evidence-based product. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, suitable for vegetarians and vegans. It's available as a subscription or start with the introductory 12-week program. Now, the gut has an incredibly strong connection to the brain. When you sort your gut out, your general health just feels so much better. For more information, visit the Simprove website and that's simprove.com. It's S-Y-M-P-R-O-V-E.com. We have an exclusive discount just for the listeners of this podcast. You can get 15% off the 12-week program by entering this promo code when you're at the checkout. It's G-A-B-Y 15. That's Gabby 15 for new customers in the UK. They have a fantastically helpful customer care team who I've called in the past and they have been very helpful and we'll put their phone number in this episode description. Let's go to Celebrity Bake Off. Um, Watching your Celebrity Bake Off, you you just look like you... I, I mean, you, you might you could tell me that I'm completely wrong. I I I, I won't believe you because I don't believe things you say because of the show. But you just look like you have the best fun in everything you do. And please tell me you cook like that at home, and then you just laugh it off. My wife constantly, but I I will make coffee, you know, in the plunger, and it is an absolute disaster. I mean, it's just the, oh, the, don't be silly. The, the, when I finish making plunger coffee, it looks very similar to the story we've just told <laughs> about me being on stage. <laughs> there is there's coffee on the windows. Because, you know, when you plunge it and it sort of explodes out the top. Do you ever do that? 
I think I'm putting too much coffee in. So I put too much coffee in. So when you plunge it, it it's it's too solid. And so all the all the things squirt out. But like the milk, I'll, I can't multitask. So I'm trying to whisk up the milk in the whisker thing. And there's, I, I like a chocolate sprinkle. I mean, that's not another joke about what we just said. I just can't multitask. That's the problem. So that cooking is the ultimate in multitasking, isn't it? So is that why on Celebrity Bake Off it didn't quite go as well as it could have done? Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't believe that, that. I went on there with the attitude of, Listen, I can't cook, so I'm not going to try. I'm not going to be competitive. I'm just going to have a laugh with it, right? So we start doing it. But they come over to you and do interviews whilst you're cooking, which I thought was brilliant for me because I'm not a very good cook, but I'm happy to have a laugh and chat away. But I found myself giving them the, I'm sorry, can you just leave me alone? I'm just trying (laughs) to do this. You know, I'm trying to do this and you're talking to me. And it was, you know, I do that at Christmas. I cook once a year at Christmas. Do you? Um, you do Christmas lunch? I do the whole... I don't just cook once a year, but it's fair to say that my wife does the majority of the cooking in our house, and she's going to listen to this and go, oh, majority, is it? <laughs> and I, but once a year, I do everything for her family, and they all come round, and I take it very seriously. But they come round and start making small talk. And I'm like, oh, so how have you been, Lee? Like, can you not see that I'm cooking? I can't talk to you and cook, can I? You really can't. That can't impossible. How do you do that? If I was talking to you now, if you if you heard a noise in the background now, where what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm just cooking whilst we're chatting. You go, can you not? <laughs> Wouldn't you? You'd think that you do one or the other. You wouldn't tolerate that, would you? So why should I tolerate it? I'm getting I'm getting upset just thinking about it. Can you really not? You see, because so no cookery show in the future for you. I know you do quiz shows, you do everything. No cookery show. Though. I wanted to do a cook a gardening and cookery show that was based on reality. Because every cookery show that I see and every gardening show always has a happy ending. And, I, and it's not the reality. Like I've spent the last, I don't know, f- four months trying to grow th- garden, uh, potatoes and pumpkins. And, and, and if I showed you the end harvest, you know, if it was... You remember you used to go around people's houses? It, it, I don't know if it still exists for, what's it called? The Harvest Festival. You used to give food to the elderly. Do you remember that? Or is that just but a northern thing? You haven't got anything. Come if on, I did that, and they, if they saw what I produced, they would tell me to go away. They go, well, I'm not having that, even if it's free. There's n- there's like three potatoes, a couple of mouldy old tomatoes, one pumpkin. It's just a disaster. That's a meal. Yeah, but it's not. It's not what you. What what I wanted to do was create meals in the <laughs> plural, because I worked out the other day that we we managed to get one pot of stew out of it, and I did the maths, and I reckon that pot of stew has cost about 300 quid. What? If you count all the... Well, I've had to buy certain types of soil to to make a raised bed. I've had to do all sorts of things, and and it's just... It's a lot of hours as well. You know, I I tell you what, it's supposed to make you spiritually connected with nature, isn't it, gardening? But actually what I do, and I'm ashamed to admit it, I'm really impressed with supermarkets. What? Because I go around and I go, look at that. Beetroot is so perfect. <laughs> Look at that carrot. It's so long. Mine are like the size of my little finger and they're all bent and they're all... Do you know what? I have to be honest. I don't get the gardening thing. And every year when I go off to uh, Chelsea Flower Show and they want to interview me and one garden expert said to me, oh, uh, and have you got any problems in your garden? And I looked at them blankly and said, is it okay to use your lawnmower on your flower beds to weed it? I thought they were... <laughs> I honestly thought he was going to kill me. He just gave me this look. He went, what? I said, yeah, I do that. And then I get the loppers out and cut everything. 
And it honestly, <laughs> it was like I had, I had. I know. I'm, I'm the sort of same. We got, we got artificial lawn at our previous house. It was such a small lawn that we just wasn't getting any sun. So I just, we gave up. The kids were playing football. I said, let's just get artificial lawn. And we couldn't work out whether to get the longer one or the shorter one. So in the end, I said to the guy, look, do the longer one. And then am I right in saying that if we're not happy with the long one, I can mow it with a proper lawnmower once and then it'll be the height I want it to be. And he said, you want to mow an artificial lawn? And I went, well, yeah, because it'll work, right? Mow it once. And then I thought, first of all, it wouldn't work because it's too thick, the plastic. It's not like grass. But more importantly, the neighbours would think I'm mad. <laughs> I think they know that go, he's had art. He's had artificial lawn. He's mowing it. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> you don't need to mow it, mate. It's not real, isn't it? Have you still got that? Or have you got real lord now? We've got real lord now. I did want to, I did. I did like the idea of mowing it artificially, seeing it because it's a very enclosed house where like four or five houses would look over you. And I thought if anyone says anything, I'll go and get my wife for, for a second opinion and pull out like a blow-up doll. So like nothing <laughs> in my life is real. Just have a stood there. He reckons we shouldn't mow that. Hmm? What do you think? <laughs> Like a, oh a balloon god. dog. Oh my god! <laughs> um, the other thing I want to—I actually you've made my nose run. You've made me. St- uh, oh, anyway, in the nicest possible way. Oh, um, I'm glad we're two meters if apart. You, <laughs> if you, you've got—is this true that you've got a Guinness World Record for darts? I, I did have. Darts? Yes. Oh, you haven't got any more. Well, what happened was um, I bragged about it on "Would I Lie to You" as soon as I I got this thing. And the professionals obviously watched it and thought, we're not having this. So they had a go and beat me. But the world record was for the most bullseyes in a minute. How many did you have? I got 12. Well, it's bulls and outer bulls, you know, the little green around the red. My God. So you have to throw three darts and then you have to retrieve them and then throw three again and retrieve them. So you're running backwards and forwards in 60 seconds, throwing really quickly. How did you do that? Well, I, 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 I've been playing since I was about three in the pub. When I grew up in a pub, I used to stand on a stool and throw the dart. So it's the one sport I'm actually all right at, as anyone who's watched Soccer Aid will attest. No, you're good at football. I'm not good at football. football. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Shall I tell you how bad at football I am? I've done Soccer Aid for the last three years. I've missed a penalty every single year. Yeah, I know. And I'll tell you how unfit I am. I... I was, uh, they, they put this GPS thing on your body to, to measure your heart rate and the distance covered and all this kind of stuff and, and put it up on the changing room wall for everyone to see, just to basically humiliate, humiliate people like me. And there was about 50 people did it and I was second to bottom in every category in terms of distance ran and heart rate, <laughs> blah, 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 right? And speed and blah, and I, second to bottom though. And the person who was bottom was uh, Darius Fassell, Darius Fassell. Now, if you don't follow football, he was a... England player in like 2004, 2006 sort of era, still younger than me. And I beat him in all the categories. So I said to him, started bragging, going, I beat you in every category. And he's the only person I beat. And he said, sorry to disappoint you, Lee, but the day we did that, I wasn't here. (gasps) We worked out that just the fact that his thing was in the bag and someone had carried it from the coach to the changing room and then back again had covered more distance than I did in the training. Oh, my God. That's how bad I am. So thank you for saying, but I'm not good. Really not good. You see, I know nothing about football. I it's can tell. The, Gabby Logan's the football one. <laughs> this Gabby, it knows. I know bugger all about football. Right, well, I just yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's nice to hear the words, you're very good at football, aren't you, Lee? I know bugger all about football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, can we just talk about the Queen? Yes, please because do. Because apparently you love the Queen and everybody's talking about her Platinum Jubilee. So do you, will you be hosting that again? Because you did, you did the Jubilee concert. I did the Jubilee one, yeah. There was lots of us doing that and that was absolutely... I mean, it will never be beaten in terms of feeling, what the hell am I doing here? Really? You know, a, <gasps> oh, everything about it. You know, you, you, the thing about stand-up is you sometimes do comedy to like... I've done it to as little as three people. And that that particular month, I'd, I'd been trying out new material at a local club to like 20, 30 people. And then suddenly you're at the mall, looking down the mall, and there are, I don't know, 50,000, 100,000. But then there's tens of millions, possibly 100 millions around the world watching this live show you're doing. And not just me. Obviously, I'm just introducing bits and bobs. I had written an autobiography at the t- same time, and it didn't have an ending. And throughout the book, I'd said that I'd met a lot of people, but the one person I'd never met was the Queen. And this was my now chance to meet the Queen, get a photograph and use it at the end of the book. Couldn't believe my look. And then I left someone in charge of taking a photograph of me meeting the Queen. I've seen that photo. And it's, I mean, it's... It, <laughs> Up your it, nostrils. It, it's, it looks mainly like I'm stalking Kylie Minogue and Lenny Henry, yes. who are more prominent in the picture than me or the Queen. What did, the, did, what, did you actually talk to her, though? Did you chat? Yeah, I did actually. The idea is that you get introduced to the Queen and, and Kylie was introducing everyone to the Queen. I think Gary Barlow was as well. They were sort of walking along with them. It might be paranoia, but I am convinced that Kylie and Gary looked at me, thought, I don't know his name, and stepped back. So so not have the embarrassment of going, and this is, um, sorry, who are you again? And they stepped back. So just, so just, just the Queen came forward. Oh, no, own. no, no, no way. And I made polite conversation. I said, how's your husband? Oh, yes, thank you for asking. And da, 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 da. made a little chat. And then we both ran out of things to say. And she stood there and realised that at this point, people just lead her away. She <gasps> never leaves a conversation. She's led away. Or someone introduced her. But there's no one there. And we both just stood looking at each other going, whew, yeah. Um, no. It was a real moment of, now what should we talk about? You know what I mean? What should we do now? I, I was glad to have met her, but as far as I'm concerned, she can move on. I've had my little shake of the hands. I've got nothing else to say to the Queen other than how's your husband. She's tiny, isn't she? She's like... she's Tiny little woman. She's like Kylie. The two of yes, them. Yes, maybe that's why Kylie people. was asked to come round, to, to butch her up a bit, to make her look bigger. <laughs> make her look taller. Because we all know the Queen, the Queen, before she goes out on any parade, always says, how can I look a bit butcher? <laughs> That's all she's Kylie? ever saying, isn't it? Where's Kylie get, get, when get, I need her? Get that Minogue. She can butch me up. In fact, get <laughs> Gary Barlow. I bet he'll butch me up as well. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, uh, are there still people that you feel like that about? Because I love the way that you talk about the Queen. Are there still people that, you know, you can't, you, you really want to be with on Would I Lie to You? Or... There's no one I can think. I mean, there's someone like Pele. I'd love to meet Pele. Um, but it's, I've got to be realistic. I'm probably not going to meet Pele. Um, but the one person that I've never met who I, I think I would love to meet, but he's one of my musical heroes, is Paul Heaton from The Beautiful South and The House Martins. Have you never met him? Never met him. And the amount of people I've said to, I'd love to meet him, who have said to me, well, I know him. I'll come round, come round with me. He's got a pub, because he owned a pub, I think, in Manchester. In fact, I had a very awkward situation with um, Paul Heaton where, I get an email from my manager that says, see below. You know, you see the link below, right? And it and it's at Paul Heaton as he emailed his manager, who's emailed my manager, who's forwarded it all on to me, right? And it says, is there any chance you can get a signed DVD from Lee Mack 
for my wife. And I imagine what that does to me. He's like my musical hero. I'm like, oh my oh God. Oh my right. God, yes. And it said on it, if he, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, if he could write something like, I can't remember her name, let's say it's Julie, right? Uh, could he write, I love you, uh, Julie, but not as much as Paul? I love you, Julie, but not as much as Paul, right? Nice yeah. little light-hearted yeah. comment, right? So, what do you think that means? What do you mean? I love you, Julie, but not as much as Paul. What does that sentence mean? It means mean? you love Paul very yes! much. Yes! Thank you! You're the first person that's ever said that. Why? Everyone else interprets it as, I love you, Julie, but not as much as Paul loves you, Julie. No! It means not as much as I love you, Paul. Exactly. Because I've done so many interviews where I've mentioned his name. I assume he must have read it. He must know I really like him. And it's a little running yes. joke where she likes me and he's gone, yeah, well, he likes me more. I love you, Julie, yes. but not as much as Paul. Yeah, of course. So I write this big signed DVD going, I, I, I love, I love you as requested. I love you, Julie, but not as much as I, uh, as not as much as Paul, because Paul brought out my favourite album, London Nil, Hall Four by the House Mark, and go on and on and on in a sort of <laughs> waxing lyrical. And I thought, I'm really proud of that little light-hearted thing. And then I'm just about to post it, and my mate reads it and goes, Oh, you've mis you misunderstood that completely. That's, you're supposed to put I love you, but not as much as Paul loves you. No, 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 I'm on your side. Completely on your side. What makes... We ask everybody in this, what makes you laugh? Because I'm going to have to just say, before you answer that, that the amount of people that say you, and I ha and without embarrassing you, because I, I can actually picture you getting embarrassed, because you, you're, you're an incredibly kind person as well. Oh, but thank I, you. you probably make me laugh. Like I can put you on television, and I, in the nicest possible way, I just have to look at you... And I laugh because you, you, oh God, you make me laugh. So who makes you completely belly laugh? Who makes me belly laugh? My earliest recollection of proper belly laughing was watching, um, do, you know, do you remember a, a comedian called Phil Cool? He was an impressionist. Oh my God, yes, years ago. But many years ago, and he used to do impressions, but not normal impressions. He, he used to do an impression of a Morris Minor. God! Which I thought was incredible. You could impersonate a car. Um, he, he used to make me belly laugh. And then uh, all the alternative comedy in the early 80s, all that wave of comedy really made me want to be a comedian. Rick Mayall, the young one. And I'll tell you, used to really make me laugh is Bobby Ball and Cannon and Ball. I feel guilty that I, haven't, I didn't watch as much as I would like to have watched before he died. And he just was a naturally, naturally funny bloke, you know. And a lovely bloke as well. But when you worked together, where, where, did he make you laugh when you were filming? I often describe Bobby as being someone who's like, he's, he was 77, but he was like, there was parts of him that were like a 14-year-old kid. He just, he just was a, not just his height, he was a little man, but he was also quite childlike in all the best ways. You know, he would just come in and everyone would just immediately be in a good mood. He just had this awe about him where if it was a Bobby week, if he was in the episode, everyone would be up. You know, and we go, oh, great. be like having a, a, the, the kids on set. When the kids are on set in the, the show, it's very hard to be in a bad mood because kids just bring a natural energy, don't they, that makes you go upbeat a bit, you know. Um, and and that, he was like that. He was just pure funny and, and he was such a lovely man, you know. And I'm still not quite, I still can't quite believe he's gone. That's heartbreaking. When, when people die and people who have made an impact uh, on on other people's lives, I hope. I really do hope that they can see the 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 impression that they've left, that they've created happiness. Somebody like Bobby Ball, the the 
I, I mean, I don't know if you read some of the beautiful, beautiful uh, remarks about him, but it was that he'd left such a a lovely feeling of happiness. And that's why people were so sad, at, obviously desperately sad at his loss, but that he'd he'd made people laugh. What a gift. And, uh, and also that feeling that there are some that, Eric Morecambe was like this, that you you just... I think the, the best comedians, people feel that they personally know them even though they've never met them. I've always had a real sort of... One of my all-time favourite, not just comedians, but people of all time, is Eric, Eric Morecambe. And I feel connected with him even though I've never met him. I've met his son. I've I've met pe many people who've worked with him and knew him really well. But that you can just... More than a musician or an actor, you can feel that you know the really great comics, I think. I don't know why that is, but you just feel an empathy with them. And Bobby had that in Bucket Loads. You've got, you have a lovely story about Bobby that you've told um, quite a bit about when you were on Pointless together. And I just, it's just, it's so sweet. My kids are obsessed with Pointless to the beyond belief. And, and they said, if you ever get a chance to go on Pointless, please, will you go on it? So for the kids more than anything, I decided to go on the show and I needed a partner and I I asked for Bobby, not knowing anything about Bobby's general knowledge at that point. We went on the show and if you haven't seen the show, the format is that you have four couples and you basically go along the line. So if I'm with Bobby, I'm number one and Bob's number two. And then it was Esther Ranson and Terry Wogan were three and four. Then McBusted were four. I think some, there's something about being losing to McBusted that may, it wasn't even McFly or Busted. It's McBusted. Feels like even more insult that they beat us. I don't know why that is. <laughs> they were five and six. And just to add insult to injury, seven and eight were also McBusted. The other two from McBusted. <laughs> so we start with me, but Bobby's nervous and says, can I go first? The question was, name a word that ends in son, S-O-N. And he says, he doesn't, he doesn't bother thinking about it. He doesn't bother giving it consideration. Just says, Appleson. <laughs> and, and I go, I look at him and go, he didn't even give me a chance to cheat because, you know, I, I thought I'll whisper. If he doesn't, I'll just whisper it, even though you're not supposed to. And I didn't even get a chance to do that. And he just said, Appleson. And Alexander Armstrong said, well, what does that mean? And he goes, I don't know. It's the word, isn't it? Appleson. <laughs> and... So, so if it's not if it's point if it's not if it's the opposite of pointless if it's not the correct answer you get maximum points don't you? So it goes all the way up the line, goes all the way back down the line. Bear in mind, I haven't spoken at this point. I haven't said hello. Back down the line. Finally, Lee. But it doesn't matter what you say because you're already out because all the others had scored well enough that I was out. My children were almost in tears. It'd taken three hours to get there, and I was out before I said hello on my children's favourite program. Oh, but I love that. Do you know? Appleson. I love that answer. It's that is completely my sense of humour. Just I know. say what comes into your head and just go with it and laugh. Do you know? I, I, I know you're going to like I said a moment ago. You're going to be really embarrassed, and I can imagine you blushing to this because you don't like it and you can't take compliments. But you just listed people that make you laugh, and you are one of those people that makes people laugh and that's why people love you and please just carry on doing what you do because what you do is vitally important i really i think you are brilliant at what you do i really do oh thanks gary well, that's lovely to hear and you're right i am slightly embarrassed whilst at the same time 
putting up a triumphant fist that you can't see. <laughs> my blushing is a little bit like my other body movements we talked about earlier. You can actually hear my blushing. <laughs> I can hear you blush. Yeah. It's so you sweet. can hear me blushing. Yeah, that's not blushing. That's uh, the sound of me eating sweets with no sugar. <laughs> because there's one, there's one thing I can do, multitask, which is talk to you and sit at the table. Oh, God, I hope you're not doing that. That would be the first and the last, <laughs> hopefully. I try to. I don't know why, but I tried to soften that by saying I'm sitting at the toilet rather than on, on the, the toilet. Yes. I remember once ages ago, when, I've got to tell you this very quick. Someone's, I, the reason why I think I said at the toilet was because I once had a dinner party. Someone came in and someone said, Where, where's Tara gone? My wife, Tara, said, where's Tara gone? And I said, she's on the toilet. And they never let me forget it. They said, why can't you said she's gone to the toilet? Why did you have to say she was on the toilet? And it always <laughs> stuck with me that. I thought, yeah, it's a bit graphic, isn't it? It's a bit descriptive. She's, well, that's what, that's what she's people say, doing. bathroom. That's yeah. what she's doing. <laughs> she's, she's, she's on the toilet. Should I carry on and tell you exactly what she's doing on that <laughs> toilet <laughs> before, you, before you serve dessert? And Lee, you, you had to end it like that, didn't you? You had to end it like that. I'm so pleased you did. Lee Mack, thank you. Thank you, Gabby. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to our exclusive sponsor of this episode. Go to simprove.com and use the code GABBY15 at checkout. Coming up next week, the wonderful Nadia Hussein. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.